Welcome to The Course Consultant Show, a show dedicated to help you launch your online course with ease. Get ready to hear from successful course creators who ditched the nine to five, gained passive income on their couch, and took charge of their dreams. Here's your host, Melody Johnson, a professional online course designer and lover of all things template. Welcome everybody to The Course Consultant Show. My name is Melody and I have an awesome guest, Michelle Jackson. Michelle is an online entrepreneur, podcast host of Michelle is Money Hungry, and course creator of several online courses, including Make Money with eBooks. On her website, Michelle is Money Hungry, she talks about making money while balancing a love for travel and the finer things in life. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I kind of lost my voice halfway through trying to say thank you, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I uh I like we were talking right before the show. I noticed that you had reached 100 episodes for your podcast. Congratulations. I actually didn't really think about that, but yeah, I've been doing this on and off for a while and this is like the second or third iteration of the show. So, um I it's about time I hit over 100, you know, episodes, but it's definitely not 100 in this iteration of the show. So still an accomplishment. And you know what? I was just talking with a couple of my girlfriends who are also podcast hosts and they were saying the same thing. Your podcast will go through different iterations. And you also mentioned uh, iterations kind of in one of the blog posts you wrote about recently about time to launch. And you, you talk about a little of your first launch, your product is not going to be the same. So for those new course creators out there can Maybe you explore and tell us more, uh, number one, about your course, Making Money with eBooks. And then um, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about what that process of development, launching, and all the different iterations that come with that. So I kind of embrace a do-it-ugly approach. I, um, I kind of want to roll back why I even created the course, Make Money with eBooks. I had written books before. They were nonfiction. So I actually currently write both fiction and nonfiction books. They have, they serve very different purposes. In July of 2018, I want to say, yeah, it was July, 2018. I wrote a romance. Like I randomly wrote this romance. I, I was always bullish on, um, writing books in general and having people add that into their revenue streams as online uh, business people and content creators. But this time when I wrote the book, it was very lucrative the first month out. And when I saw that, I was like, I need to make, I need to teach people how to do this because this is, it's crazy how so many people are sleeping on the idea of creating their own books and creating content that way. And and kind of optimizing the opportunity that having your own books out there could create for a online platform creator and and just a business person, whether you have an online uh, platform or even a nine to five. So I um, launched that book, it made money. And within four weeks, I was like, I'm creating a course. So I tested out the concept. I just started telling people what my results were in different spaces. So different groups where people like to make extra money. And they were excited about it. And when I knew I was onto something was when guys actually, like I have a lot of guy friends who are very like data driven, not to say that women aren't. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of women who are very data driven, but these were specifically my guy friends who like, that's how they think. 
And when they got excited about this, I was like, I'm onto something. I need to create a course on this for two reasons. It saves me time and energy so that I don't have to teach what I did. Yes. And um, two, why not? Like either it's going to go well or it won't. Yes. And I think that's really important. Like a lot of people way overthink, well, you know, I want my course to launch perfectly and it needs to be so pretty and I need to sell all these things. And sometimes you just need to figure out the minimum viable product and then improve it over time, which is what I really focus on when I work with people and talk to people about creating their own products. Absolutely. And and I love that you kind of heard some really great feedback. You immediately saw that there was a, an additional revenue opportunity. And I think that as an online entrepreneur, scaling your business so that it can reach more people in a more efficient way is, is fantastic. And also it's more lucrative because there's different price points that you can offer for number one, you can, uh, charge more for your consulting. You can then break down some of the price points for your digital products for maybe people who don't want the consulting aspect. And I know that you have done that. You offer different packages or tiers with your specific course. Can you talk more about how you kind of factored in those different tiers? Was it like that the first time around or was it different? Um, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say that it, it, it did have different tiers, but everything was priced really low. So like when I initially launched the course, it was just figuring out if the concept would work. And it was kind of a cheeky thing because I ended up be, uh, being able to present everything in a very large Facebook group. And I was able to sell it in that group. But what I learned by being in that group was not every space is actually the ideal space for my course. So even though I was blessed to have that opportunity, I actually eventually felt that um, the ideal student or person for my course already has a platform of some sort. Like they're a year in at least where they've been like trying to get content out there. They're trying to do live streams that maybe they have podcasts and it's like not as consistent, but they're trying like they, they, they get what I'm, what I mean by search engine optimization and that kind of thing. So I wanted to work with people where they weren't absolute beginners. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that really changed, uh, where I would share the course and the positioning. Um, and honestly, as I ran the course, I was like, this is too cheap. Because I had to look at my time. I did. I was just like, this isn't going to work. I had to look at my time. I had to look at um, the cost after taxes. I had to look at um, the needs of the students and, and their perception of what the course was based on the cost. So now I have three different tiers for Make Money with eBooks. They, are, uh, they range from $197 to $647. I think I'm going to keep it that way for, for at least another year, year and a half. I, I like those price points um, and they sell at that, those price points too, which is the, the other key. Um, I also decided to change how I sell the course. So before, you know, it was very hard to not um, like go on a, a podcast episode like this and be like, yeah, my course is on sale because I'm on this episode and here's a code. And, and I used to do a lot of that and I felt by the end of this year, this past year, I was like, that's really devalue, devaluing the work of the course and, and the value of the course. And, you know, um, that's not working either. So now I'm like, either you're ready or you're not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and I'm working a different strategy this year where I'm launching the course a couple of times this year 
where there might, where there will be a discount. I'm just not telling you when. Right. And, and I, I have heard about trying to over discount yourself as something that new entrepreneurs struggle with, especially when you're bringing a new product onto the market, or maybe it hasn't been tested over time. Um, or maybe someone who has a product out there and, and then they, they do something continually, maybe on Christmas or at the beginning of the year. And then people just wait for that discount. Exactly. And so then pe- you're, what you're doing, uh, is actually training those people to say, I'm not going to buy at full price. I'm just going to wait for the discount. And so then it's again, devaluing your time. If, if again, you are offering some sort of consulting coaching program, which is common, especially for uh, online entrepreneurs in addition to a digital product. So great tips. Uh, I really love that. So I really want to just pick out some of the little gold nuggets that you kind of brought up, and that is understanding your course avatar. I talk a lot about this on my course uh, for the course designers toolkit, but you first mentioned that, you know, you presented to an audience that was already there. You had a group and you kind of started marketing and then you kind of realized, hey, you know, not everyone in this group is a good fit. So tell us more about how you kind of realized that over time and really honing in on those people that you said, number one, are ready and are not beginners. How did you find those people? Well, I just thought about um, who I really wanted to work with. I I absolutely did not want to work with beginners because I remember being a beginner and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to nurture a beginner to even believe they can do certain things. So since I'm working with intermediate level people, like high basic level knowledge to low intermediate strong, like mid intermediate, uh, level people who've been working around, like moving around and trying to do stuff in the, in the online digital space to get those people to move forward on stuff is hard as well. So beginners, it's just too much work because you have to, um, for me. So you would have to get them all set up. You would have to get them to understand their avatar, their platforms, like all the logistics. I didn't want to deal with that. So once I understood that, I knew like what communities to kind of avoid. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm creating a a course about making money with eBooks and I'm wanting to work with people who have these certain types of platforms, then it's very obvious to me that I'm looking for people who are bloggers, vloggers, excuse me, bloggers, vloggers, podcasters, like you're already out there making content and you're looking to uh, expand your brand with these other additional offerings. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love, I love that you kind of tried to really think about where people were at in their journey. You identified specifically kind of at the end of the beginner intermediate, maybe a little bit more medium advanced. Um, That's something I talk about in identifying the course avatar, because what you want to understand is prior knowledge, right? Like you said, it's a lot of work to understand where people are at and to get them to the end goal or result that they're looking for to achieve. Now for you is to create eBooks. And like you said, well, first of all, before you even make an ebook, you probably need some sort of online presence. You need a website. You need to understand some basics about SEO, blog writing content, content marketing. So that is a lot, especially for beginners. And like you said, maybe not is not a good fit for people who are just starting out. But for those who have that knowledge, you don't have to start all the way at the beginning. You can say, okay, we kind of out of a baseline where people are at. Let's kind of go from that point. And I think the same is for any course creator who who is out there trying to think about, okay, where do I want to start? 
maybe your course avatar are people who are more advanced. Maybe they are beginners. So just understanding where your course avatar is in that journey is really going to help you as a course creator, just like Michelle, have you said you've kind of thought through that process to develop something that will really help the, the end user. And actually, I also paid attention to who was uh, not only purchasing the course, but actually taking the course. Yep. One of the things that uh, many people might not tell you is people will purchase your course and not do anything. Right. So there's a very, like there's a high percentage of people who just buy it and never will do, like never will go through the content. I've heard this from many of my other friends who run courses. So it's not like unusual to me. It's like, it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my concern was for the people who purchased the course and they actually go through the content, I need them to get to the end result. The people who, who kind of flake and forget they bought the course, okay. <laughs> um, but for the ones who are like really wanting that transformation and that end result, I had to make sure that I, I w- was uh, getting them to the end result that they were working towards. And, um, and again, paying attention to who was purchasing my course. So I saw time after time, that I was really attracting uh, people who already make content, bloggers in particular, podcasters, that kind of thing. And so it also affected the kind of um, content I shared in the closed group at my two top tiers. So there's a self-publishing tier, there's mid, um, like a group tier, and then there's a VIP tier. Two of those tiers have access to me and my Facebook group. So depending on the kinds of questions and things that they were asking, that kind of, that totally affects what I do in the group. If I had someone who's like rando, like some rando person who has nothing to do with creating an online brand, it would be very difficult actually to create content in my group and serve them well. And so that was the other reason why I had to be very clear on the avatar and pay attention to who was attracted to the course. Mm, I love it. Those are, those are great. And you guys heard it that people will not finish your course. And so, you know, like you said, Michelle, really finding those people who are actively engaged, who are going through the course and completing it and, you know, finding ways to support them is really important. Okay. So Michelle, what other projects are you working on right now that you could share about? Cause we'd love to know what those are. So right now, um, for 2020, my goal is just really to market what I already am doing. I'm also launching a group coaching program called the brand building lab because I'm finding that people are still, uh, thinking their way out of launching the things that they need to launch. And I was finding that I was still kind of in the position where I was advising people about certain things and getting questions. I actually do not do, um, pick your brains. (laughs) So, you know, when, when people learn that you're doing a certain thing and they're like, Oh my God, I would love to meet, you know, you for coffee and pick your brain. I don't do that. It's a waste of my time. And the reason why I don't do it also for the other person is typically when they do that, they don't work. They don't, uh, actually work on what you tell them to do. (laughs) Um, it it's, it's a consistent thing. And it was really surprising to me because I used to do that a lot where I would meet with people and share all this info and all this stuff. And then like a month later, I'd be like, well, did you get started? And they're like, uh, no. And so after that happened, like three or four times, I'm like, you got to pay for my time. 
And that was very important for me because I need to run my course. I need to write my books. I have podcasts. I have um, two different projects that I, I run. One is uh, Michelle is Money Hungry, which is where Make Money with Ebooks is housed. That is a personal finance and lifestyle design project. That's where I work with people um, and share ideas and thoughts on, on money and lifestyle design so that they can work from home like we do. And then I also run a website and podcast about Colorado um, called Square State. And that is very mission driven in the sense that I want to support Colorado local businesses as and and like um, businesses, entrepreneurs, nonprofits, that kind of thing, like cool stuff that's happening here, as well as I have a mission of showing uh, and normalizing POC, people of color in outdoor spaces, because living here, we do spend a lot of time outdoors. And that is something that's very um, important to me. So I, I couldn't, um, I stopped wanting to take time away from things where I knew I'd get paid and also where I could be supporting people um, that were coming into my business. So this was, this was a very, initially like a, I felt weird asserting this and telling people that I don't do pick your brains. Some people were like, well, I do. I'm like, well, okay, because I got paid when you were doing, you know, a pick my brain for a person who's probably not going to follow through. Not because they're bad, but because, um, there's no system to, to get them to follow through. So I could sit here for an hour and share all the details with you, but you're not really invested in that hour. Right. You know, if you pay, you are. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, it's just speaking exactly what I was going to say. When you actually share your knowledge, like you said, there's no accountability. The money that you ask people to pay for is an investment, not just for you to complete, you know, your knowledge and to share wisdom, but it's also for them because people are more likely to actually take action when they have to make a sacrifice, whether it's financial or otherwise. I've done it before. I've I've made that mistake of trying to share, 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 and so over, you know, almost oversharing of knowledge. And like you said, people will just say, you know, no thanks. I don't want to buy your product or your service because guess what? I can just go have a conversation with this person for free because she's my friend. Well, the, the truth is that you're devaluing what you're offering. And then secondly, you're teaching this other person that that you can be taken advantage of. And not, not to say people are actively trying to take advantage right. of you, but it just becomes this habit of I'm going to share this with them. And yet there's no real transformation. And that's not what you are um, doing. You're not giving a charity. You're a business. You have to make money. You have to keep the lights on. And that's what you are doing. And there's no shame in having a business. You are a businesswoman. So let's get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I, now I love it so much. It saves so much time not doing that. And quite honestly, I am on podcasts. I have content on my website. So there's plenty of free stuff uh, for people who are motivated. And I should say the other side of the coin is this. I was one of those people who was very motivated and I did a lot of free stuff, um, because I was broke. Um, part of why I had a, per, why I have a personal finance website and podcast is because I had a ton of debt. I was supporting my mom. Like I had a lot of stuff going on. And so during that time in my life, I need, I, I could only afford free. Right. Um, then there was just a point where I was like, I only have so much time. So going to YouTube university <laughs> and like 
watching video after video after video became really time consuming. So then I would side hustle so I could purchase the tools that I needed. And um, I, I want to make that clear. So free was great until it just wasn't um, enough for what I needed. And then I, I side hustled to make it, make it work. So I didn't go into debt to do stuff. I would just work, you know, at the convention center or I do brand ambassador work, or I would do um, freelance writing. And then I would save that money and use it to pay for the tools and resources that I needed um, so that I could move ahead. And I'm really proud of the fact that I did that. But because I've done that, I'm very conservative about what I will um, sign off on in terms of what I encourage people to do. I'm like, yes, pay for your tools and services and that kind of thing, but don't go broke doing it. And if you, if you go into debt to do it, you better work your ass off. You better work your ass off and take the course. Absolutely. You know, you just work your ass off. Pardon for saying ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So. Yeah. So very exciting stuff. I'm really excited to um, continue to follow you on your journey and your podcast. If someone was like, I need to review everything. How do I get started with Michelle? Where do I go to find her? Where um, would you direct them? I would have you go to michelleismoneyhungry.com. Um, you'll find links to the different blog posts, show notes, that kind of thing there. Or you could go to Instagram at michelleismoneyhungry. Um, super easy to find. If you are, if you have a question about certain thing, I probably have a blog post or a podcast episode about it, especially if you are at the beginning and you're like, look, I don't have money to be investing in this kind of stuff. No worries. Um, I probably have content on that. And then I think you had a quick question about Thinkific. I don't know if you still want to ask me about that. Yeah, you can talk. I know you had, um, you've hosted several courses on Thinkific. Mm -hmm. For, I do have a separate episode on talking about course platforms. What, like, what's your experience with that? If someone was saying, you know, I thought about making a course on Thinkific, how would I actually work in Thinkific to actually host a course? Um, well, what I would say is actually this. Thinkific and Teachable, I like both platforms quite a bit. The thing with Thinkific is it's not as aesthetically pleasing. However, what I like about it is you get paid immediately at every tier. So for me, I like to get paid when someone purchases my product. I don't want the company holding onto my money for 30 days and then releasing it to me. I, I find that to be, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't like it. Um, partly because I've worked for uh, companies that have closed and then I'm like, where's my money? <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, I have a, a slight like, uh, I, don't, I don't like it. However, if you do a very large launch, that would be appropriate to have, have them hold onto your funds until you see like what happens in terms of returns and that kind of thing. And even then, I don't like it. <laughs> so um, the reason why I prefer Thinkific to Teachable, quite honestly, is I get immediate access to my money. That's a really big benefit. That's a huge one. And I have, I have heard about uh, waiting for those payouts and that's not fun. I, I like immediate it. payouts too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I work for myself. I probably need that money now versus yeah. later. So no, right. let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I'm really excited to share this. And uh, is there any other tips that you can give for maybe people who are maybe looking to start their own course creation or, or maybe, you know, start uh, an ebook? 
start now. Uh, please stop overthinking the process. It takes a while to test things out, to see what resonates with people. Um, <laughs> and don't overthink it. Like you can, I have books out there. In fact, I have a book that I just launched a week ago. It was horrible timing because it was over the holiday season. Some of the content that I wanted to put in the book is not in the book. You know what I'm going to do though? I'm going to get that content, upload it into the book, and then we're good. So, um, you know, people don't realize it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done and you can improve it over time. And quite frankly, you're not going to get the feedback that you need in order to improve your, your products if you don't put it out there. It does not need to be pretty. It does not need to be perfect. It just needs to be out there. I purposely have kept my course ugly on purpose to make this point. Um, I have a free mini, mini course, by the way, called Do It Ugly um, at michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash do it ugly. And if you are wanting to start a podcast, a blog, um, your first in-person event or course, that resource might get you started so that you can just get it done and then improve it over time. Love it. Stop overthinking. Just get it done. Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I'm going to make sure to link all of those resources in the show notes. And Michelle, thank you again for being on this podcast. Make sure that you listen to Michelle's multiple podcasts, including Michelle is Money Hungry. I am so excited to um, see how all of this goes. And I'll have to check out that resource that uh, for your brand building. That's exciting. Brand building lab. Um, and I'm being a little uh, tricky in the sense that you, you have to be in my funnel. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay. All you guys have to be in the funnel, guys. Get inside of the website, subscribe, listen to all the podcasts, get in the groups, guys. This is great. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for having me.